Hello and welcome to Boyle Meets World. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Boyle, and I'm still not funny. Um, today, we are joined by an incredibly prestigious guest. He's a columnist for The Athletic, as well as his own website, Down Goes Brown. He's been featured on numerous sites such as ESPN and Vice Sports. He's the author of the Down Goes Brown History of the NHL and can be found on Twitter at Down Goes Brown. Please welcome Sean McIndoo. Oh my gosh, I promised I wouldn't mess that one up. I'm sorry. No, no worries. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, Sean, you and I, well, I wouldn't say we have a little bit in common. More so, you inspired me to do something on a lazy Friday due to the quarantine we're all under. Um, so I decided to take it upon myself to figure out which NBA player has the highest um, single game career high in points that matches his jersey number. Um, and all this was motivated by a similar project that you had done um, that I'll briefly have you explain your process, how all of that went. Um, essentially, you went about finding which hockey player scored the most point or scored the most goals in a single season in which the total matched their jersey number. So like I said, could you go a little bit into detail on the process, what your experience was like, um, and then I can give a little spiel on how I felt about doing my project as well. Yeah, uh, first of all, I, I, I should probably apologize to you uh, <laughs> for, for inspiring you to go down that road because having been down it myself, uh, it's uh, that is the way to madness uh yeah this it it literally uh came up in in way that i uh, described in 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 the post that i ended up writing which is that a very often readers will reach out to me with ideas Mm -hmm. uh or or things that they think i might uh, i might be interested in in writing about uh and and some of them are good ideas and some of them not so much and and some of them work and and some of them might not uh, this was was a bit of a strange one. It was a reader named Bryce who who shot me an email and said, "I'm trying to figure out which NHL player has scored most goals in a season where that total number of goals matched the jersey number that they were wearing that year." And right away, I, my interest was kind of peaked because I, I love weird trivia. I love NHL history. Uh, I love any excuse to to fire up hockey reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and start digging through stuff and it seemed like a neat simple question sure <laughs> uh, it should have a pretty straightforward answer in fact my my first thought was it might be too straightforward it, it might just be some there, there might be some obvious answer uh that everyone's gonna figure out right away um that turned out very much not to be the case yes uh, i i started uh going down the list i i, I pulled up the uh highest scoring single seasons in NHL history. And, and I started working my way down the list and, you know, the guys at the top of the list, it's, it's Wayne Gretzky, uh, who had a, a season of 92 goals. That's the NHL record. Wayne mm-hmm. Gretzky wore number 99. We all know that. Sure. He never scored 99 goals. So he's off the list. Uh, and, and I, I just started kind of working my way down and it very quickly came apparent that I was going to run into a problem. And the problem was that if, if people out there are, are hockey fans, they would know this, but, but if they're not hockey fans, guys in the NHL who score a lot of goals tend to fall into two categories when it comes to jersey numbers. They either wear very high numbers, 
like Wayne Gretzky wearing 99 mm-hmm. or Connor McDavid being 97 or Sidney Crosby being 87, Patrick Kane and Eric Lindros wearing 88. Um, that when you have a distinctive high number in the NHL, that that's a sign of prestige. That is a sign that you are an elite player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you, you kind of have your own cool number, but the problem is those numbers are too high with the exception of Wayne Gretzky in the wide open eighties, nobody's scoring 97 goals. Nobody's scoring in the eighties in, in goals no. that that hasn't happened in, uh, in a generation. Uh, problem number two was that if you don't have a super high number in the NHL, you tend to have a very low number, mm. a traditional number. Number nine is the number of Gordie Howe and Rocket Richard. That that's a that's a prestigious number to get. Uh, there's other ones. Number nineteen is is another one. Steve Eiserman and guys like that have worn that one. Uh, so the vast majority of the star players in NHL history have either worn numbers that are too high or too low. Uh, as far as us finding a match, and it and and as I kind of started going down the list, it became apparent that this was actually going to be a lot more challenging than I thought. Now sure. there are two players who who stand out in NHL history uh, who were elite offense superstars who wore numbers in the '60s, and that's where I kind of thought this might wind up. And that was Mario Lemieux, of course, wore number '66, mm-hmm. and Yarmer Yager, who wore '68. Uh, but as it turns out, Yarmer Yager hit the, the highest he ever got to was 62 in a season. And Mario Lemieux actually got more than 66 on, on several occasions, oh, yeah. but never wound up with exactly uh, 66. And, and, and you kind of work your way down the list of guys who have scored 70 goals, 60 goals, even get down into 50s. And then I realized, wait a second, there really aren't any star NHL players who've worn numbers in the 50s and 40s. In the NHL, that's a scrubs number. Mm-hmm. That, that's the number you get when you get called up from the minors for two games and they don't even bother giving you a good number. Because you you're not going to be in the roster for too long. Exactly. And so I, I, I actually remember there was a point where I was like around in the 50s and I suddenly started to realize uh, I, I was in some trouble here because this seemingly simple question was potentially not going to wind up being that that simple at all mm. and, and i just worked my way down through the 50s uh didn't find anybody didn't find any matches worked my way down through the 40s again you know it says nobody there, there's a small handful of players in NHL history who've been any good who've worn like 47 that that's that's not a great number and plus also a lot of the guys who wear numbers in that range are defensemen so they're not scoring a lot of goals right. so they're not going to be your answer thought I had it when I got to 44. Because 44, it's a nice amount of goals. It's a lot of goals. It's a big year, but lots of guys have scored 44 goals, especially back in the in the 80s and 90s when mm-hmm. offense was a lot higher. So I, I, I had a lot of guys to work with, and 44 is kind of a goal scorer's number. And it's not the number you wear when you're an elite superstar. It's the number you wear when you're like a pretty good goal scorer. Sure. Like it's the, it's the Stefan Riche number. Rob Brown, guys like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not good enough to wear something in the '80s or '90s, but you still want something a little bit distinctive. The double number in the in in hockey is uh, is is kind of a sign that you're you're maybe a little a, a tier above. Sure. Uh, and I thought for sure I was going to find it at 44, and I'm go- going down the list. And and it, the number guys who've scored 44 goals in the NHL turn out to be. It's a whole bunch of superstars. It's all these like legendary guys where immediately I'm just going down the list going, I know it's not him. I know it's not him. Mm-hmm. And and finally I get to a name, Glenn Murray. 
of the Boston Bruins. And I think, I'll be damned. I can. I don't know why, but I can picture in my head Glenn Murray in a Boston Bruins uniform wearing number 44. I'm, I'm like, this is it. I, I don't know why I know that. I don't know what <laughs> crucial piece of information got pushed out of my brain at some point in my life. But I know for Boston Bruins, I've list, he scored 44 goals for the Boston Bruins. There I go. This took a lot longer than I thought, but I've got my answer. And I click on Glenn Murray, and I go in, and I look on Hockey Reference. And sure enough, he did wear number 44 for the Boston Bruins, but he wore it in the early 90s. And then he got traded, and then he came back. And when he came back, they gave him a different number, and that was the year he scored 44 goals. <laughs> so he, he wore 44, and he scored 44, but he didn't do it at the same time. And mm. that is the point where I kind of felt like I was going to flip my laptop. And just... <laughs> but at this point, I'm in too deep, and I just keep going and going. And you see it in the, the, the article. Like It starts off as, here's a fun trivia question. And it, it much much like your attempt to do to do something similar from the NBA perspective, it just ends up being this descent into madness. Yeah. Uh, it, that uh, it, it it feels more like a Twilight Zone uh, episode than than any kind of stump the Schwab thing. But mm. uh, I I won't give away the answer. I did eventually get there. It, it, it there was a point where I was starting to wonder if maybe that this was just I was just doomed to keep going on and on and on forever mm. uh, until I got down to the number zero. But uh, th- there, there is an answer in there, uh, and and I wrote it up, and everybody seemed to enjoy it, and, and people had a lot of fun laughing at my uh, my mental and emotional breakdown uh, as I chased after this. But but I had I ended up having to go over a thousand names deep on a list uh, that I had initially worried was was going to be over too quickly because mm. it was going to be too obvious. And I will say, and this won't give it away, but knowing your hockey background and your fan allegiance, I know you're surprised when you when you saw the name and you found your answer. It it yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't end up just being some random no name. It, right. It, it does end up being the sort of thing that I probably should have seen coming, mm-hmm. uh, but I have to admit that I did not. Yeah. Well, the wild thing about this is 44 was my stumper too, and I I know we got to get going here, but basically 44 was the number I I thought for the longest time was it. And I found a player, Bojan Bogdanovic, who played for my Indiana Indiana Pacers. In 2016, he scored 44 points, wearing number 44, and he's worn 44 his entire career, and 44 is his career high. Until I came across an issue with... um, a player that shared a name with another player who scored higher than him. And again, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail. We'll have people read my thread and read your article, but I mean, it's, it's 44 is a curse number for us is all I'm going to say. I'm never going to pick that as a lottery number for, for certain 44. I'm going to stay away from it. And and the other part of this that uh, just, just to kind of round off the, the symmetry, uh, because, and I, I'm guessing you probably found the same thing. Uh, as soon as I as soon as I wrote this, and as soon as I got the answer, people start throwing other questions. At yes. Me. What about points? What about assists? What about this or that? And one of the ones that somebody came up with was, "What about baseball? Who who's who's got the most home runs matching?" I've gotten I've numbers? gotten the same request. <laughs> and as it turns out, the answer to that, it, what else is forty four? Yes. Yeah. It's two guys. It's Willie McCovey did it once, but Hank Aaron, the most famous forty four in baseball history, who hit forty four home runs on the nose. 
like multiple times. Yeah, I think it was three, like three or, or something crazy. Times. It was kind of his trademark. So it's, it's uh, yeah, when you sit down to do this sort of thing, apparently uh, 44 is, is either the magic number or the curse number, I guess, depending on which way you're looking at it. So my problem was I, I must enjoy hating myself for whatever reason. I decided I was going to do a career high because obviously David Robinson, who played for the San Antonio Spurs, scored 50 wearing number 50. That would have been my answer right there. But no, I had to I had to take it a step further and I had to go off of career high. But anyway, if I ever do this again, I'm definitely not gonna do career high. But leading to my next question, like you said, you've had people reach out to you, like, what's your next project? What's your next thing you're gonna work on? And coincidentally enough, the same Bryce that emailed you to get you onto your topic <laughs> responded to my tweet and asked me what my next project's gonna be as well. So we both got our Bryce. We we both got Bryced in this experience. <laughs> The same Bryce, exact Bryce. I'm going to track you down someday <laughs> and get my revenge. So do you think, I don't, my next question is, do you think you ever do something like this again, whether it's in your own free time or if a listener or a reader asks you to do something like this and it's something that catches your attention or are you just so burned out on it, you don't think you'd ever do, pick up something like this again? You know what, I, I, I love, uh, I love getting ideas from readers. Uh, especially these days, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, as somebody who's uh, writing several times a week about sports in a world where there is no sports to write about anymore, mm-hmm. uh, I'm 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 not turning up my nose at any ideas. I'm uh, I'm happy to get them, and if anyone thinks they've got a similar kind of stumper, uh, I'm I'm happy to take a look at it. I, I've got some interesting things uh, that I'm I'm sort of halfway towards working on. At this point, I'm not going to write. I I will never write them up the same way I did this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of a one time, uh, uh, a one time thing. Uh, I I don't think it would work as well if I if I tried to uh, tried to do the same thing again. But uh, I'm I'm certainly if people have uh, questions or challenges or just need ideas, uh, it's uh, it's I'm, I'm happy to hear them. Uh, at any time, at the best of times, but uh, certainly these days because uh, I'm the, the jar of ideas is, is running a little low uh, for a lot of us uh, sure. right about now. And that's kind of the – that's a bit of the situation I found myself in. I mean, I write, I've been reading you for a while since I've subscribed to The Athletic. Um, I've read the article, and I know I tweeted this at you, but I thought to myself, how hard could this really be? I, I enjoyed the article, but I thought, you know – NHL or is probably twice as old as the NBA. This shouldn't be that terribly difficult, and I was completely wrong. I, I and obviously I don't do this for a living. This was just for fun for me, and I I can definitely say I'm not going to do this ever again. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it, it was one of those. Uh, it, it kind of felt like a one in a million thing where uh, and and good old Bryce. I I don't even think knew what he was getting getting us into but uh it it just ended up being that uh, that that perfect combination of the way the weird way that the nhl does things in terms of the jersey numbers and, and just this perfect question that kind of threaded the needle into something uh it, much stranger than it should have been and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was it was a lot of fun and uh yeah it is as much as I, I joke about tracking Bryce down someday, uh, I, I probably do will the guy a beer. <laughs> you and me both. Hey, last question. I'll get you out of here. Um, could you talk a little bit about the meaning and symbolism of Down Goes Brown? I mean, I know where it came from. I mean, it's a famous call from a famous hockey fight. But, I mean, is there anything like basically what led to you sticking with Down Goes Brown? Is there any sort of symbolism for you? 
It's uh, not really. This <laughs> dates back uh, to it's 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 my Twitter handle now, but mm-hmm. it dates back to actually when I first started a blog back in two thousand and eight. I want to say, and I remember back then. I, you know, I had no plans for it to turn into anything other than giving me an outlet to to do some writing. I had always been the kind of I had always been a writer, uh, even though I I had not figured out a way to do that as a job by like I was the guy who would write the way too in-depth uh, season previews for mm-hmm. the fantasy football league or you know that kind of thing and, sure. and send it around and people would be like okay thanks that was a little weird but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take it and uh, when blogs started becoming a thing I, I thought okay this sounds good and I, I remember sitting there and setting one up and then staring at the field that said like what do you want to call your blog and I was just like what the hell do I want to call this and and I, I, I remembered a few things. I remember uh, one of my, my favorite bands is, is Nine Inch Nails. And I remember Trent Reznor saying that uh, when you're picking a name for your band, it's got to be something, it's got to be short, it's got to be memorable, it's got to abbreviate well. And, and I remember also thinking, you know, if people are going to type this in, it's got to be something that's easy to spell. I can't be throwing anything in there that, that people are going to spell it wrong when mm. they're typing it in. And back then, a lot of the blogs that were doing well had names in them. It was stuff like Fire Joe Morgan was real big at the time. Uh, Kissing Susie Colbert was another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was you know something and then a name. And I was trying to I was kicking around and then suddenly that that famous call uh, from from Joe Bowen popped into my head of Down Goes Brown. Now this is it's 1992. Leafs are playing the Blackhawks. A fight breaks out. Uh, Sylvain Lefebvre, who's a, a defensive defenseman on the Leafs. Uh, squares off with Rob Brown, who's this really flashy uh, superstar guy with the Blackhawks. And we didn't think Rob Brown knew how to fight. And we weren't <laughs> sure if Sylvain Lefebvre knew how to fight. But we found out very quickly uh, that, that only one of them did. Because Sylvain Lefebvre uh, basically KO'd him, centerized Maple Leaf Gardens. I happen to be at the game. Oh, my gosh. Uh, place is going nuts. You got to remember, this is the 1992 Maple Leafs. This is before they made their playoff runs and that sort of. So we didn't have a lot to cheer for back then. Yeah. Like you kind of took your highlights where you could get them. So uh, winning a fight against a guy who didn't even didn't even fight very often was uh, that that passed as a, as a, as a highlight for us. Joe Bowen, who's the the Maple Leafs' very excitable play by play guy, starts yelling, "Down goes Brown! Down goes Brown!" Which is a a course a, a play on the the famous down was frazier call from mm. the boxing world and it's just the sort of thing that kind of stuck with leaf fans it was the sort of thing that we we kind of throw back at each other every now and then i remember popping in going okay that checks all the boxes it's easy people are going to remember it i typed it in and off we went and and that was it i mean with five minutes of thought went into it but the thing that happened was as soon as i started writing it was it was very hard to to find any kind of audience i mean that that's that's the way it goes when you're when you're starting off, but I, I kept hearing from people who'd say, you know, I, I get these emails or these messages or comments on, left on the blog and people go, I have no idea who you are. I have no idea what this site is, but as soon as I saw the title, I knew I had to check it out because I remember that fight. And the fact that there's somebody else who remembers it 20 years later or whatever it is, uh, I, I have a feeling that like you and I are on the same wavelength. So I'm going to check out your stuff. Sure. And, and it was, I wish I could say that I put a lot of thought into it and and really knocked it out of the park. I didn't. It was it was five minutes of staring at a blank screen and going, ah, this is good enough. But it did seem to kind of uh, resonate with with a certain element of that Leafs fan base, and that ended up becoming the, the 
foundation that I was able to slowly but surely build a little bit of a bigger audience on. Sure. And I know now on your website, and I'll humble brag for you, I know you said that you get a million li- or a million visitors to your website per year. So, I mean, it's turned into a little bit more than just Leafs fans at this point, I would say. Yeah, and, and it, it has. And I've been, I've been extremely fortunate and, and to be able to, uh, over the years, uh, it, turn it into something that I, I now get to do as a full-time job. It mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, it was a, a fun hobby and, uh, if, and I was more than willing to, to do it for free when it was just the fantasy football preview. So I'm I'm more than happy to be able to continue to do the same sort of thing I used to do for fun and, and still have fun with it, but also be able to pay the bills. Sure. And my last thing I got to ask just a follow up question. How many times have you had your son watch that fight? You know what? I, I'm trying to think how many times he's he would have seen it. Probably not that many because really? he, he's... Uh, my, my son, he's nine years old now, and, and if, if you know any nine-year-olds, they're all about YouTube. They're, they're all over it. Mm-hmm. But we have a rule in the house, which is he's allowed to watch hockey stuff, but no no violence, no injuries, sure. nothing like that. I don't I don't need him finding Clint Malarchuk when he's alone <laughs> uh, with, with, without mom or dad around. So I, uh, he probably hasn't seen it too many times. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's he, he maybe has seen it once or twice, but be, between his... Uh, his uh, schedule of watching uh, the the Wendell Clark all hard video uh, eight hours a day uh, mandatory as as that forces him to that there's not a lot of time left over for for other hockey fights so I can imagine uh, he probably hasn't seen it too many times <laughs> okay well also I'm gonna make sure that I plug your AMA your AMA on Reddit was phenomenal um, that's how I really that's that's where I was able to learn a little bit more about you outside of just what I read um, I'll be sure to plug that as well with my posts of this podcast but yeah that's that's awesome i really appreciate you taking time today sean um huge fan like i said i've been reading you for a while now and i really appreciate you taking the time to uh number one talk to me today but also to inspire me to do something crazy yeah right right on and uh hopefully it didn't make you too crazy but uh (laughs) it was uh, yeah and i enjoyed that twitter thread a lot and it was uh it was very cool to see uh something that I had done on the hockey side, taken in a in a different direction where I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought to uh, to have it go. So uh, yeah, that that was that was very cool. Thank you for having me on, and and I hope people check out the article if uh, if they haven't seen it. Uh, it it's it's on the athletic. It's behind the paywall, but there's there's a ninety day ninety days free right now. So you mm-hmm. can you can read not just my piece and and my stuff, but the uh, stuff of pretty much. Uh, every other sports writer who's out there these days is is all there. So yeah. I know a lot of us are looking to kill some time these days if you want to read some really good sports writing, uh, and as well as some really weird stuff that uh, a lot of us have have got coming over the next little while. Uh, go go grab your free trial now, and, uh, and we'll we'll have you covered for the next few months. And then hopefully it turns into something because it's really not that expensive to have a subscription to the Athletic, and it's nothing but great articles. So That's the idea, yeah. <laughs> okay, well. Sean McIndoo, I think I got it right that time. You did, Is, yeah, you nailed it. Okay, perfect. I appreciate your time. Um, that's going to do it for the Bowl Meets World podcast today. We will see you in the next one.